0: You are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the, the Packers for the leap. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the Internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Aaron Rodgers tells the Chicago Bears, I still own you. The Packers take down the Bears 24-14 to in a week six win. A win that says this is who the Green Bay Packers are and can be in 2021. They got back to playing their brand of football. They abandoned for a lot of it the empty formations that had created some some issues, let's call them, over the last few weeks under center, play action runs, and hitting those shot plays when they're there and not forcing it, not forcing it. That's the crucial part of it. And, and what really won them this game. If you go back to last week, okay, the Packers had two opportunities, two opportunities last week to seal the game, to put the game out of reach for the Cincinnati Bengals. And they came away with field goals instead of touchdowns. In this game, in the second half, Green Bay, they come out and they get a stop in the second half to open the, the half. They go and they get a touchdown. They have the opportunity at 10-7, not 13, 17-7, they extend the lead. And you go, okay. Now you make the Bears play a way that they didn't want to play. Khalil Herbert in the run game hurt Green Bay a lot of the afternoon. That's something that they're going to have to deal with. But this offensive line with Herbert and before that with Montgomery, they had not been pass-protecting well, but they had been running the ball effectively. Okay, they give up. The defense does the touchdown to get it back to that one-score game, 17-14. This could have been, in previous weeks, this would have been Three and out, field goal. Uh, a, you know, two, three first downs, punt. But the offense found it. They were in the first quarter. Make no mistake, the Bears were controlling everything. They were controlling the line of scrimmage. They were controlling it on both sides of the ball. They were getting after Rodgers, and they were running it down Green Bay's throat. And Justin Fields was just not killing them. But. That changed. In the second quarter, that changed. And not only did the pass rush start to show up for the Packers' defense, but offensively, they started to win the line of scrimmage. And, okay, the Bears, 17-14. You get the big play to Devontae Adams down the field. Same situation last week against the Bengals, right? Same situation. They get the big play. It's first and goal in the six, and they can't punch it in. Green Bay is able to get the touchdown 24 to 14. And then it wasn't just the offense that made the plays when they needed to make them. Kenny Clark on the last drive with a chance to cut it to one score for the Bears, he gets two sacks on the same drive. He was a force all day. Jonathan Garvin earlier in the game, he gets a sack. You're playing without your starting corner. You're you're all pro level corner. Your all pro pro bowl level outside linebacker, your other starting corner. And then during the game, you lose Preston Smith. You lose your other starting outside linebacker and you have to, you have to go through and play a day three guy and Jonathan Garvin. What does he do? He comes up and he makes some plays. Dean Lowry gets a sack. He almost gets another sack later in the game. He makes some plays. This defense held Justin Fields to under 100 yards passing until the 4th quarter. And th- this is this is what it came down to for me and and those of you who watched last week on the Crossover show, I had it like 23-17, right? Cuz I'm thinking, eh, close touchdown game. And then I'm going, oh, why why do I think it's going to be that close? This offense for the Bears, is not going to be able to score on this Packers defense. Think about that for a second. And it's not just because the Bears are not very good offensively. It's because defensively, this group played to play even without a group of their best guys. They made the stops that they needed to make. They had the one interception on the play that should not have counted. They had another interception nearly by like a toenail, they don't get the interception. The officiating in this game obviously was an atrocity. But I think Joe Barry deserves a lot of credit for a game like this. Dean Lowry, Jonathan Garvin, Rasul Douglas, who comes in, Isaac Yadam, first drive, comes in and just gets worked, right? And they go to Russell Douglas. Do I know why Yadam was out there? No. I don't. It was not the decision that I would have made. They felt most comfortable with him, I guess. And then Russell Douglas, outside of the boneheaded personal foul penalty, he played really good football. The coverage in this game was outstanding. There were not guys except on the one touchdown drive, the second one, not the first one. The second one, you know, Cole Komet gets open down the middle a couple of times. They they bust the coverage in the red zone. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about the red zone in a second. But they, they locked this up. All of these backups that are in there. Henry Black comes in for Darnell Savage, who who is tested for a concussion. Presumably, he was showing enough that they had to take him out of the game. Luckily, he walked off under his own power. And, and we just don't know with these kinds of injuries. Just because he walks off doesn't mean that he's okay. And just because he wobbled off doesn't mean that he's going to be out six weeks. These things are, are very finicky. And, and I don't want to speculate on how serious that injury is. But... For his own personal health, I'm glad that it didn't end up looking as bad as it maybe it could have. They were able to do a great job of containing this Bears passing game. No big plays over the top. Did not let Darnell Mooney get get free. Part of that is the pass rush. They they I don't want to say they got after Justin Fields, but they made Justin Fields uncomfortable in this game. No question. I mean, no question they made Justin Fields uncomfortable. They only hit him four times. But they sacked him four times. Now, they they had more pressures than that. He is a very difficult guy to contain. But they they were winning some one-on-one matchups. And they didn't have to do anything special. They did not get after him with the blitz. They said, we're going to make you read it out. And Justin Fields, all too often, if the first read wasn't there, he would panic. And either he would be flushed out of the pocket or he'd make a bad throw. This was not a stellar performance. I mean, I thought it was so funny after the second touchdown, they go to break on Fox with the screen of Justin Fields, like a graphic of Justin Fields, like he's been playing his butt off. It's like he just went over 100 yards passing. Can we like relax a little? He had a passer rating under 50 for the vast majority of this game. And it's not like he finished with, with some sparkling stat line. I mean, 16 of 27 for 174, a touchdown and a pick. That's not great. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers, 17 for of uh, 23 for 195, two touchdowns. That is a 128 rating. What I really liked here though is they were able to make the plays that they needed to make. Last week they weren't. The week before that, they weren't. They have not been able to get to the point where when they need the play to extend the lead or or to reestablish the lead. They had not been able to make those plays. And those were the plays last year. A team starts to make a run and Rodgers would go out or Aaron Jones would go out and he would make a play or Rodgers would make a play and extend the lead. And it's like, well, okay. And then your defense is able to tee off rush for Kenny Clark. Just starts doing work. Rashawn Gary in the second half. We know what he is capable of. He plays so hard. And they did a a pretty good job, by and large, of containing Justin Fields. Now, look, let's not oversell what that means. Justin Fields has not been great. He's been fine by rookie standards, by NFL quarterback standards. He's been a bad quarterback this year. That's just what it is. That doesn't mean he's going to be bad forever. Bears fans are going to clip that and get mad at me. But he was what we expected. He's one read right now and that's he's a rookie so i mean that was somewhat of an issue at ohio state because he rarely had to cycle just because the, the ohio state offense like guys are always open they always have great guys i mean when you have chris olave and all these dudes out there it makes it a lot easier to just say oh first read that guy's open they were able to find some rhythm now do i know why they they're getting off to these slow starts i can't say Last year, uh, they didn't have those kinds of issues. Every 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 week, they were getting out to leads, and in five out of the first six games, they're down in the first quarter at some point. That's that's a that's a problem, but they found ways to overcome it in this game, and that is certainly a mark of a good team. But it was the answer drives. The answer plays. They didn't panic. They didn't get out of what they are and who they are. And and we will never know. We will never know why they abandoned their identity the way that they did. And hopefully this is the end of it. Because they looked excellent against a very good Bears defense. A very good Bears defense. It's not a coincidence that after they went to the bigger personnel and the heavy play action, that all of a sudden their offense came alive. Devontae Adams, four catches, 89 yards, the long one. Aaron Jones, four catches. He got in the mix. They, they got Alan Lazard involved. They hit Amari Rogers on a little play. Seven players caught a pass from Aaron Rodgers, and, and this is without Marquez Valdez-Scantling. A.J. Dillon didn't catch a pass. Guys that got reps didn't necessarily see targets, but Randall Cobb didn't catch a pass. But this is what this offense can be. Under center, pound them with the run game. This is a very good Bears front, a very good Bears front. And the Packers, 31 carries, 31 carries for 154 and a touchdown. Now, Rodgers had the one touchdown. That's five yards a carry. And that includes the Rodgers' kneel downs. Should have put Jordan Love in so they don't hurt the stats. But A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, 25 carries for 135. They both averaged over five yards a carry against a very good front. And I, you do not have to be a good run game to be a good play-action game. But I think... I, well, first of all, I think Matt LaFleur, I think he he understands what the data says. I don't know that he believes it necessarily. But when you can run the ball, I think it gives confidence to Matt LaFleur, whether that's right or wrong, to dial up more of that play action. And it worked. And it wasn't just play action into shot play. It was play action into, okay, the shot play's not there. Outlet to to Aaron Jones. Outlet to Mercedes Lewis. Or the the shovel pass in the, in the red zone. Those are the plays that we weren't seeing, especially in the red zone. I mean, they fake the jet motion. This is the third different way they've used that little jet motion push pass. This time they faked it and they go to the, the Travis Kelsey play. Love this play. I've been wondering why I don't, I'm wondering why the whole league doesn't have this play. And I get it that the whole league doesn't have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So you use Alan Lazard. I mean, that is amazing. I love that. That was the creativity we saw last year. And so when they're able to play to their identity offensively, they're going to be awesome. And, and they're going to find their way. And whether it was because of the offensive line or not, it, it frankly doesn't really matter anymore because now, now they have this. Now they have this on tape. And, and presumably they're going to go watch this tape and they're going to say, well, we know that this works because it does. By the way, It works. And when you're able to run the ball the way that they are, it's not just that the play action works, but it does. But it's that's not the that's not the thing. It is that when you're getting the run game to work, you are giving yourself an opportunity to play in more advantageous down and distances, second and third down. So when the when the run game doesn't work, when you're when you're averaging three yards a carry and it's second and seven or God forbid, third and seven, now you're putting yourself behind. They've been able to run the ball the last few weeks, and this was the first time that they were able to find that balance of okay, running effectively and hitting the play action off of it, and then still finding the ways when they needed to to create the opportunities in the dropback game. They were able to do a little bit of both, and I'll be interested to see the way these break down because I thought Rodgers had some really nice plays. He had the second reaction play to Devontae. It wasn't really a second reaction play, but he had to roll to his right to break to make time, hit him on the 41 yarder. That's that's like one of the plays of the game, and it's a it's a play that I think, I think, and the the players are speaking as I'm recording this. But I think Rodgers changed that. He gave Devontae a little signal right before the snap. He works Jalen Johnson on the release. And gets free on a little corner route down the field, and and it was a beautiful throw, a beautiful throw and catch, and they're still they're still able to in a, on a, in a day when Devontae Adams was not a heavy target player, four catches for eighty nine, a twenty two yard per catch average. He made big plays when he caught the ball. He was impactful, and that's what you need him to be. And so you can rely on this offense that's based around Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, especially when you do it playing within your identity. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for you know other stuff. I wanna tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. And it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite shows, movies, all in one place. That means no juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, no contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com, compatible device required and content. Of course, varies by package. Thank you to everyone who makes On Packers their first listen of the day. We are always free and available on every platform. All right, two things that I want to talk about here. The officiating. Oh my God, what a disaster. And it wasn't just bad for the Bears. It wasn't just bad for the Packers. It was just bad. I think Adrian Amos's interception probably should have stood, but that's close enough. Where I'm just like, fine. The equanimity of St. Brown non touchdown is unforgivable. It is unforgivably bad. I mean, that is not offensive pass interference, and they got the, the original wrong call. The, the original call wrong by saying it was incomplete, and they had to have a little ref confab and eventually get it right. Uh, that you're taking seven points off the board. Seven points off the board. Kenny Clark should have been called for offsides on the Darnell Savage interception. I totally get that. I mean, this is this is a, a disappointing thing for a multi-billion dollar corporation to still have this many problems with the officiating. It is a huge issue. And this is the second game in six. Well, played six games. This is the second game This season where the officials have been horrible. The San Francisco game, and that was mostly against the Packers. Some unbelievably bad calls in that game. Now, over the course of the season, you hope that stuff evens out. You hope that, okay, some dumb luck and and some calls that there was the holding call in the red zone. But guess what? It didn't come back to bite the Bears. They scored on that drive, unfortunately. And that leads me to this next point. The red zone. The red zone defense. My God. And, and what is truly baffling, the Bears averaged under five yards of play in this game, 4.9 yards per play. But they go two for two in the red zone. The Packers are now 15 of 15 allowing touchdowns in the red zone. Not even like a fluky turn- turnover, a, a holding penalty that knocks them out. No, no, no. They've allowed a bunch of a bunch of plays in the red zone to work when they shouldn't have. And per play, this defense is very good. Play to play, the defense is disciplined. They rush the passer. They they get their they they have played really sticky coverage so far this season. I mean, the, the coverage busts in the in the field are minimal. They rarely make them in the field. But in the red zone, they're they're consistently making these mental mistakes. Chris Barnes and Adrian Amos have a miscommunication. They let Darnell Mooney free. The first one is tough because the, the DPI, I mean, they didn't even have a chance to be in the red zone. Isaac Yadam, he he interferes. I don't know if Isaac Yadam is going to be on this team tomorrow. I really don't. Uh, we'll, I mean, we'll see what the situation is with Kevin King's shoulder. We don't know how serious that is. If that's serious, serious, you probably can't afford to just like release him outright. But he looked really bad in one series. And and what I don't understand there, if he was on such a short leash that two bad plays on the opening drive, and there were potentially more, gets him benched, why is Russell Douglas not just out there to start? Veteran player with guy with real NFL experience. Uh, I, I just I I don't understand that. I really don't. Uh, but It it is a problem that 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 happened. Luckily, Russell Douglas comes in and he plays really well. I was I was really waiting for him to make a big play so that I could that I could uh, make the the no Dana only Zool joke. And he didn't pretty disappointing. Russell can can you make a play so I can make that joke? I got the gift ready. It's going to be great. It's going to I need all of you to really sell the joke. Uh, But defensively, I think they're going to get that stuff ironed out because, as I said, in the field, between the 20s, they've been good. It's been this has been a good defense between the 20s. It's just in the red zone, they've been an absolute disaster. And and I don't I don't really have an answer for it because again, this is this is a team that has been good, good between the 20s. I mean, they showed the statistics overall. It is, it is really, really strange that that this is going on in the red zone at, at this point still. So, I mean, 15 for 15, but they're not executing. I mean, I am I am very much into the analytics of it, but look, they've been they've been bad. They've been bad. And and that's just like one of those things that that at a certain point you just are what you are. But at the same time, I, I have faith that because of how good they are in the other parts of the, the the defense, that that they're going to be okay. I mean, if you look at them in in the middle zone as as football outsiders. Um, characterizes the middle zone from 40 to 40 they're seventh in DVOA and from the opponent's 31 to basically your own 39 to your 21 Green Bay's defense is sixth in DVOA but in the red zone they're 32nd 30th against the pass 25th against the run in deep in their own end the Packers are 15th in DVOA and and back zone that sort of back quarter part they're 19th in DVOA so they've been they've been a fine defense there in the middle of the field they've been really good in their own end they've been really good but once they get to the red zone they're they're last that is a a bizarre situation and it just doesn't seem like that's the kind of thing that is going to hold up i mean when you look at all the defenses ahead of them so just look at the deep zone uh DVOA defense the only other team with the ranking below 24th is the, is the Browns at 28th. Almost everyone else is a good to great defense ahead of them. So play to play, this defense has been good. Yes, they need to get healthy, but they, they have the guys. They have the players. Kenny Clark, even without the Smith brothers, is a monster. Eric Stokes has turned into a very, very good player in a damn hurry. Adrian Amos had another good game. I thought he stopped Khalil Herbert short on that fourth down. Again, the officiating. I understand they, they didn't have a clear shot of it. Of course, they had a great shot down the line on the Tunyon play. It's just one of those things that I don't understand. And and one word on Tunyon. He has been incredibly bad as a blocker. Incredibly Bad. I mean, not even competitive in some of these reps. And I don't understand it because he's never going to be Mercedes Lewis. They don't need him to be that, but I don't think it's a coincidence that we saw Josiah DeGuara a bunch in this game. Tunyon was terrible in the run game. And when he has to do any, any one-on-one pass pro by a tight end that's not Mercedes Lewis, I just don't know what we're doing. I mean, what what are you doing? That doesn't make sense to me. That's not Tunyon's game. That's not how he plays. That's not how he wins. And he's been a zero in the passing game. So what what are you getting there? I mean, I think we're going to continue to see Josiah DeGuara eat into his playing time because number one, Matt LaFleur loves him. And number two, you got to produce. I mean, Matt LaFleur is big on this. If you're not playing up to standard, they have someone who's going to take your snaps. And in this case, it's someone that they use a top 100 pick on, someone that Matt LaFleur happens to love. And it just has to be better. And I think that's why when you go under center, you know, maybe it maybe it is in the two tight ends. Maybe you have to play more with with DeGuara and and Lewis out there and live not being as explosive, getting the ball to Lewis and DeGuara, who are not quite as, you know, dynamic as someone like Tunyon athletically. I just like don't care. It doesn't matter. If if you can't be out there and be a threat in run or pass. I mean, I, I mentioned this during the game. He it was Jimmy Graham-esque. Where he just is these these non-competitive reps. I didn't understand it. So it, it is something that that the Packers are gonna have to figure out. I do think we're gonna see more Josiah Degua. And that's exactly why, even though you you sign Mercedes Lewis and you draft Josiah deguara you you keep you stick with Dominique Daphne. Maybe that was a reason to have kept Jay Sternberger on the team. But that's not the situation. So the Packers are going to have to get that part of it figured out. I think that would help their red zone offense. But we saw that creativity back to the original point. Uh, the, the way we started the show. That stuff, you have to be able to play run or pass. And the more guys that you can have out there. Mercedes Lewis, the ageless wonder. There's a reason he's out there and and Rodgers wants to get in the ball because he does all the dirty work. And I think the more someone like Josiah DeGuarra plays and plays well, he's going to continue to get those opportunities. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the number one protein bar I have ever tried. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Right now they have a limited time flavor, the cookie dough chunk. Get it before it sells out. It is the truth. And, and what Bilt Bar does incredibly well is the texture and the flavor. I've never experienced anything like what Bilt Bar is able to bring to bear on on the, the protein bar market because the flavors, obviously, you, you see salted caramel, you see peanut butter brownie, you see double chocolate, you see coconut almond, you go, okay, but it's a protein bar, right? Yeah, no, it's a Built Bar. They're high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, and low in sugar, and yet they taste like something that is much, much, much worse for you. I don't know how they do it. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. I think that has a big part of it, but they're able to keep that those macros in place and still give you something that is delicious. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off at built.com and bet online is back and better than ever all eyes on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season as always bet online is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface even more odds props and contests bet online is your number one source for everything football head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit and don't forget to use the promo code locked on to get that bonus from football basketball boxing right down to your favorite Las Vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts all right let's uh let's take uh, a couple questions if people in the chat have some questions let's do this um where was Cobb today Cassio wants to know it's a good question. I think I think part of the reason that we didn't see more Cobb is that they wanted to play in more of the traditional sets, more heavy personnel. And he's not a boundary receiver. Alan Lazard is such a value in the run game. Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. I mean, I think if you if you look out there like you probably didn't see a lot of EQ, you probably didn't. Amari Rogers got a couple snaps. They could have just as easily run the Amari Rodgers play for Randall Cobb, but it's, it's another it's another package for another week. There are going to be weeks when he is a big part of the game plan. And I think, uh, you know, some weeks when he's not, he's also, I think, going to be a bigger part of the game when they feel like they want to spread it out a little bit more. We'll see if that continues to be a part of how they want to play. I don't, I don't think it is. Uh, Robin Lawrence wants to know, is EQ earning a spot on the 53? Absolutely. The block on the Amari Rogers play, that was a block that he missed last week and he makes it perfect timing. Greg Olson called it out on the broadcast. Perfect timing on that one. Springs Amari Rodgers for a first down. Those are the details. Those are That's the rhythm that they haven't quite had this year. The spacing, the timing, everything has just been a hair off, and they really have started to find it. I mean, scoring 24 points against this defense is not a joke. No turnovers against this defense. That's not a joke. And, and they were able to, after that first drive, keep Rodgers pretty clean that's not a joke either and and I think those are those are a big part of of what you're seeing about in the evolution of this offense they just need to hit those little those little efforts those little details that's the stuff that we're missing here um Casey wants to know what were your thoughts on Jalen Smith um he had the great pressure on the blitz where, where J- he was right in Justin Field's lap he also had a missed open field tackle um when when Khalil Harbert just like Sund him. Um, It's a work in progress, but I think someone like Oren Burks is going to see less and less time. And someone like Jalen Smith is going to see more and more time. So that dime linebacker spot uh, when they go to some smaller nickel looks, I think that's that's what you're going to see. And I think that's a great idea. Um, Any news on Myers? Not right now. Um, Still, still, I probably will not know until Wednesday would be my guess. We're going to talk about all the options that they have, all the things that they can do with this offensive line once David Bakhtiari can and does get back, something that I think will happen sooner than later. And yes, Daniel points out what a punt by by the Boho Blast. Of course, 82 yards, flip the field in a situation where it could have been, been really ugly, and he totally, totally flips the field. You play the field position game and win on that one. You love to see it. All right, back this week and uh, a lot more to get to always. A a great win for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers still owns the Chicago Bears. And I still own you. Also, what I say the bears twitter after a game like this one follow me on twitter peter underscore bukowski follow the podcast on twitter and locked on packers like us on facebook subscribe to the podcast itunes spotify google podcasts wherever you find podcasts the odyssey app wherever you find podcasts you will find locked on packers subscribe on youtube and anytime you want to hit us up on the locked on packers fan hotline you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay locked on packers nice to loan you